except for the bookends, are being baptized. Okay? Isn't that great? So we have four baptisms that will take place today. And Pastor Eric's going to take care of the baptism in just a few minutes. But before they do that, we want to talk a bit about their story. Each of you have a story about how you came to know Jesus. They're all different. Every one of our stories are different. Some of us have these almost miraculous stories. Some of us have these incredibly stable, normal, just seem to be the way life worked, made the correct decisions, got in the right spot. Wow. Those are the stories to me that are remarkable. I have one of those people call miraculous stories, meaning I was incredibly stupid for a long period of time. And finally, I woke up and gave my life to Christ. For each of these people here, they have a different story. So we want to hear their stories and find out how did they first come to know Jesus? How did you first come to know Jesus? What happened that brought you to an awareness of your need for him and you responded to him? So Bob's sitting there looking at that. And you, want to, you want to talk first, Bob? How did you come to know Jesus? Tell me. I'll let Tony go second because he's not afraid Hello. to talk at all. Um, I don't know. I was, uh, I was raised uh, in church, but... Pretty much led a uh, secular life, and I've come and gone in and out of church several yeah. times. Yeah. But about I don't know five months ago, the world really had me down, yes. and uh, I uh, finally realized uh, no man on planet had the answer, but God did. Yes. And I knelt and prayed, and then things started happening. And I think within a couple of days of that, I ran into my buddy Dean at Ganal Lumber. And uh, put your hand up. Where's Dean? (laughs) Dean, right there. And I was going, Dean, the world's falling apart. Ah. And he goes, Bob, just make sure you're on the right side. And I I went, what? And he goes, he goes, the only thing you should be concerned about is the salvation of your soul. Ah. Don't worry about the world. Great advice. And uh, so I started coming back a little by little. And uh, and then one night, uh, I was spinning again, and my uh, good friend Susan, it's here. Put your hand up, Where's Susan? Susan? There she is. <laughs> Yay! She said, read a good book. So I walked into my bedroom, and uh, I got hundreds of books, a lot of metaphysical, spiritual, self-help. And I said, God, steer my hand. And I, I grabbed uh, The Purpose Driven Life. Ah, and for the go. first time, I really got it about Christ. Yeah, that book opened my eyes. Sweet. So that's it. That's pretty so good. So here I am. That's pretty and good. I was drawn to this church. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. It's been exciting to, to watch Bob as he's been drawn in here. Now he's getting more and more involved. And the next steps is slowly brought him. He actually came here the first time a couple of years ago yes. and started this stirring. The Lord was stirring you up. And we'll have people all the time that kind of come in and go out and then come back in and they finally take root. And that's what we want to be, a church that helps people to take root. But we also want to be a church that's safe, that people can come in and feel like they're loved, regardless of the choices they make. We're going to love you and care for you, and we're going to pray that God will bring you to the place where you can make great choices and where your life will become better and better and more stable. All right? Tony, how'd you come to know the Lord? You have to put that mic closer. Pardon? Put that mic closer. It was... It's on. It's on. 
It's on. Uh, it was over 40 years ago. Uh, I came to know the Lord through brokenness. Uh, spiritual brokenness. Everything else seemed to be okay. Yeah. But not okay. Yes. And uh, alone one evening feeling like the lowest <laughs> I've ever felt. I'm scared. Uh, uh, th- things were happening in my life that I uh, didn't like and didn't know how to change. And uh, I had heard about Christ. I was reading the Bible, but came to that point uh, to where God knocks on the heart, the door of your heart. And, um, and I was humbled, um, and I asked him, here's this mess that I've made. I can't clean it, but I believe you can. And I wanted to give him, and I said, I want you to have it all, all, all of it. Please, please. And the next thing I knew, I felt like I was floating, and I was praising him because I knew somehow he heard me and then uh, I heard words coming out of my mouth that I didn't understand. And to this day, I don't understand them. <laughs> Somebody said you were probably talking in tongues. I was alone, so they wouldn't know. Uh, and I don't know. All I know is I was hearing these words. Yes. And, um, and they weren't English. <laughs> uh, but I knew what they meant. And it was only for a brief period of time, and I still don't think that much of them, because I don't know how they glorified him, but he, he said, I'll take you, and he did, and my life changed. Gradually, (laughs) it changed. That's great. How'd you end up here at Lighthouse, Tony? One, I had been attending for four decades, um, a large church in Costa Mesa, and uh, loved it. Involved in many ministries there, a number of different ministries at different times. Um, and I came home from that Sunday service. I only live about five doors away from the church on Broadway. And I was floating. I was just spiritually on a high, and I, I heard this noise. I had gone to church, and I just, I wasn't through praising our Savior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I heard this sound. It was music, and it was lovely music. Was I? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think it was you. It, it Could might have been, been Robin or somebody. It else. was. Yeah. It was like voices from heaven. Uh, okay. And what I went. I, I. 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 just. I need to be a part of that. And uh, so I walked out the back gate, down the alley, and over here. And uh, it was Pete. 
It was Pete. Pete. Voices from heaven. It was Pete. Okay. Yeah, that'll do it. And I walked in, and uh, and Pete was singing, and uh, the, the words. I don't remember what song it was, Pete, but the words were going right to my heart. Hmm. It was like a psalm to music, and and that was that satisfied me. That uh, that satisfied my thirst that That's morning, great. and uh, and I've been coming ever since. Yeah, and yeah, you come and get in the way. Prayer with us at seven a.m. He's over here all the time fixing things for me. We appreciate Tony. Thanks, buddy. Hand it over. Sandy says I got the mic. Okay, Sandy, how'd you come to know Jesus? Well, actually, I think that um, this goes back. We've always thought of ourselves as a Christian family. Yeah. My parents had raised us in that fashion. Yep. And so sometimes you go, you're with it, and then mm-hmm. you step back, and sure. then you're with it, and you step back. And then it's been just, I think the Lord's always been there with me, but me not really acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. So I finally found peace. That's great. Yeah. She's getting ready to cry now. I know. See? Isn't that wonderful? We love having emotion when we share things that are important to us. There should be emotion involved in that. You'll see me get... Tongue-tied periodically. Well, not tongue-tied, but you'll see me crying periodically. And that's because there's emotion when we respond to God's Spirit and His movement in our life. I expect that. When I don't see emotion, I'm like, oh, they're holding back. They're holding back. <laughs> don't hold back. That's great. So how would you end up at the lighthouse other than your I sister? I really want to thank my um, father, Ben Holtzman, and my sister, Jan. There's Ben. That's great. Yes. Good job. Good job. Yes. You're next. Okay. So I grew up in a Catholic home, Uh and I, you know, I always believed in God. I would say my prayers, but I guess I never really had a constant daily dialogue with God, so I never really deepened my relationship other than knowing he was there Uh and knowing I should be saying my prayers at night. Uh, Um, So, you know, just through a series of people that were brought into my life Mm -hmm. and places that I was guided to, I ended up finding everything that I never thought I would have. My husband is one, Stephen. Recently. You know, God blessing me with a baby that I'm carrying right now is another. Hallelujah. Um, We get a double baptism there going on, yeah. So, and I'm really emotional right now, so if I start crying, you'll know why. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, my husband really helped guide me to deepen my relationship with God, and he just guided me. Where's your husband? Stephen, stand up. Stephen. Come on, Stephen. Come on, Stephen. (laughs) There he is. There's Stephen. Honestly, he he was given to me by God, and yes. I know he was, and I, I just was at a point in my life where I just never thought that I would, and I accepted it, that I would mm-hmm. never be a wife, I would never have children, and maybe that was God's plan for me. And then out yeah. of the blue, um, you know, he really just came into my life out of nowhere. My, my old boss and my dear friend actually introduced us, her and her husband, who are also here. Um, and my life has been... I can't even explain how it's changed, I mean, in ways that I never imagined. Um, And as I said, he was really the guiding force for me and every single day and deepening my relationship. And so I credit Stephen with that. And I also, you know, would like to say now that I have, you know, such a deepened relationship with God. And I'm improving it every day, you know, it's a work in progress. Me too. But I, um, you know, 
I know what to ask for. I'm very intentional with my prayer, and I've seen the miracles God has worked. And even in, you know, horrible situations, you know, poor health situations going on in my family currently, um, it's amazing that I can honestly, like, dig deep and find the positive and see the beautiful works he is doing within my family during this otherwise really tough time. So um, I'm definitely a believer, and I, I just... I love God, and I'm just so happy that I'm here. Um, the next question you're going to ask me, how we came here to Lighthouse. There you go. <laughs> Articulate, <laughs> isn't she? Yes. We, um, Stephen and I were, you know, when we first started dating, we were going to another church um, in Costa Mesa area. It was a larger organization, and mm-hmm. I just didn't really feel, thank you, I didn't really feel connected, and I just, I really wanted a sense of community. I mean, the church I grew up in back east was small you knew everybody in church and it was more of a community it was nice to be able to look to your left and right and be able to say hi to people i wasn't getting that feeling where we were Mm -hmm. so um you know when he had introduced me to eric wayman who happened to bless us with you know bringing us together and marrying us Uh um you know i was like let's try eric's church out and so we started coming here and it's just been amazing it's really turned around my whole experience of you know coming to a church, um, feeling like I'm truly part of a community and, um, you know, part of the Bible study group as well. It's just I feel like everyone here has really become my family and lifelong friends, and I'm just really thankful. That is great. That's great. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that is actually our secretary and I, we were talking together is Robin Strack, and we were interacting and trying to determine, well, who are we as a church and she said, I know what it is. Lighthouse is a place where friends become family. And I said, you're right. That's exactly what happens. We start out as friends and we become family. It becomes as brothers and sisters in reality. We know each other. We love one another. We put up with one another. You know, we struggle with one another. We laugh with each other and we rejoice and give praise for one another. And that's, that's what the church is all about. Now, the last verse share here is Norma, and Norma is predominantly Spanish, okay? So her husband, Jesse's going to help us out a bit because my English isn't as good as her Spanish. All right? La primera pregunta es, ¿cómo llegaste para conocer Jesús Cristo? Pues hace más de 20 años mi mamá conocía a Jesús Cristo. Solamente lo conocía porque ella hablaba, lo tenía en la mente, pero en el corazón. For more than 20 years, her mother turned to um, Jesus Christ, um, and from that point, she introduced Jesus Christ to Norma. Uh, before that, she knew that God existed, but um, from the moment that her mother uh, brought her into her personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that's when she started believing. That's great. Y ahora otra pregunta es, ¿cómo llegaste aquí con Lighthouse? Pues yo llegué aquí por Jesse. Porque él la conocía hace 16 años y por la pasión que él tiene la, con la relación con Cristo. I came to know um, the lighthouse because of my husband Jesse. He um, he came here about 16 years Stand ago. Stand up, Jesse, so we know who you are. Oh. <laughs> he came here about 16 years ago. I and I did, and this church helped me in a moment that uh, I needed help. I believe you were the pastor hmm. then. Yeah, I just started. And. Um, I remember your face. I came and uh, you helped me, and there was a need that I needed at that time. And uh, we were looking for a church when we moved into the neighborhood, 
Uh, we looked at Calvary. We looked at Mariners. We looked at Rock Harbor. We looked at a lot of churches. And then the Sunday that we decided to come here, you know, I prayed that night and that morning, and, and God put it in my heart. He goes, you remember that church that helped you out 16 years ago? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. He goes, that's your church. And uh, sure enough, um, it is my church. Yes, it, it is. It is our church. So yes, it is. We're happy to be here. That is Very great. Happy. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to say a prayer, and then they're going to go in the back with Pastor Eric. He's going to uh, perform the baptism with them. We're going to ask the band to come up. As soon as I'm done praying, they're going to lead us in a few songs. We're going to take an offering. You notice with your little sheet there, you've got prayer requests. There may be some things you need to have prayed for, needs in your life, praises you want to share. Write those down. Then when the offerings pass, you can put that in the, in the buckets as it's passed, the little handle things. Otherwise, at the end of the service, you'll see those containers in the back. You just drop anything in those, and we pick them up after the service is entirely over. All right, is that clear? Good. Clear as mud anyway. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for each one of these wonderful people here that you've called into your kingdom. You've chosen them. And today, we make that chosenness clear as they follow you in baptism. Lord, I'd ask that your Holy Spirit might grab a hold of them in a powerful way and cause them to understand how much you love them and how you want to give direction and guidance to their life from this day forward. Let your blessing fall powerfully as only you can. Work your will in their lives that they might begin to experience what they've begun to share already, that you work together all things, good and bad, for great great purpose. Let your blessing be here. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Incredible process of baptism. Now we have one final kind of testimony and sharing process we want to have here. I'm going to ask uh, Chris to come up. And Chris is, you know, he's got slides. He's got it all going here for him, okay? So let's give him a hand. Let's give him a hand. Let me, get you, let me get you a mic up here, buddy. Now, Chris is now our new youth director working with our youth in our family structure here. And Chris has a bit of a story, so you can hear a little bit of that. And then he's going to share a little bit about his vision that he has for our youth. Thank and you. then I'll try to close everything up in the, what, uh, six minutes I have left. Six minutes. Okay. okay. I didn't know I was last. <laughs> You know what? I just want to say before I get with my slides and everything, um, I've only been here for a little over a month. I started December. Well, I got the, the word that I got the job December 17th. And I just want to say that it's amazing to see what God's doing here at this church. And if you aren't feeling that way after today, I don't know if you ever will. It's funny because as I have put together lessons and things for the youth, I've come to, you know, discussions with Pastor Eric or Pastor Lee. We're all talking about the same thing. And it's funny because even today they're saying a lot of the same things that I prepared to say. So I just know that the Holy Spirit is in this place, that he's working with us, and he's working in this church. So um, if you look at the logo, Beacon Youth Ministry, I don't know if you are aware of that. If you came to the parent meeting, you know. If you're one of the students, you know. But we chose Beacon Youth Ministry because a beacon is part of a lighthouse, just like the youth ministry is part of this church. And it serves as both a light and a signal going out into the world. And it's also a a guide to welcome you back from the world and back to safety and back home. And that's what we 
aspire to do and what we aspire to become is the light out into the world, but also a beacon to find your way home when you're hurting or when you're lost or when you're tired. So that's why we chose Beacon, and that's why it's up on the board. Um, I want to tell you a quick story. I'm going to tell you part of my story, but first I have to tell you a little story about my son, Donovan. Oh, yes, it's coming. <laughs> Donovan is 13. A couple weeks ago, I took him to the bank to get him a teen bank account. Yes, it was a big step in his life. He signed up for online banking, and he got a, a debit card, and he chose his PIN number. He was very nervous, but he was very professional. The people at Farmers and Merchants were great. But when they gave him his debit card, he didn't have his wallet, so he asked me to hold on to it. I said, okay, so no problem. Put it in my pocket. And as we're leaving, he says, hey, Dad, can I have my debit card real quick? I'm like, sure, why? He says, I want to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram for all the world to see. So after a, a brief conversation about identity theft, the debit card stayed with me, but it got me thinking. Now, people today, not just Donovan, but people, not just youth, but everybody post just about everything on social media. It's not just, you know, debit cards, okay? But people post their food. They post uh, where they went, their work day, their work out, even what TV shows they're watching or video games they're playing. And it's all in search of likes or subscribers or comments. And these little digital interactions give them value. It gives them the feedback and the warm fuzzies, if you will, that give them the, the, the esteem that they're looking for. But the, the hard part or the sad part about it is it's not real because it's phony. I mean, let's keep it real. Nobody posts on Facebook saying, you know, short on my rent again this month. <laughs> or nobody ever posts a picture of it's like, here's Timmy melting down in the middle of Target again. You know, it doesn't happen. They all post the same pictures of their knees by the pool or that stinking wing shot of the airplane when they're going on vacation. Nobody posts the, oh, my check bounced post, you know. Nobody posts the I'm hungry post. So then I ask myself, where do we go when those things are hard? Facebook and Instagram and social media is all about what I call transactional value. It's what you show the world. This is what I do. This is what I can offer. Check out my skills. Check out my vacation. Check out my car. Check out my purse. But we've got to talk about intrinsic value. It's value of who you are and, and who you are as a person. And the last time I was up here, I talked about how I was raised in the church. And if you remember that back in December. But I want to show you. So if you can hit the slide. Okay, this is my first church that I can ever remember up in Lancaster, Palmdale area. If you look at the right, that's the church. On the left is the fellowship hall. And in the very back is my house. Can you go to the next one? That's my house. So when I say we literally lived on the same property as the church, we literally lived on the same property as the church. So anytime those lights were on, I was there. Now, I don't want to say anything bad about that church because they were great to me and my family. They helped us through a very difficult time. But looking back, I kind of realized they were very legalistic. There were a lot of rules to follow. And so I was kind of spiritually walking on eggshells, always afraid that I was going to break a rule. Now, I became a Christian not so much out of sincere desire to follow Christ or, or to, to be a disciple of his, but I did it out of fear of what he'd do to me if I didn't, okay? I was constantly trying to keep the ledger clean, and I was always afraid that lightning would strike. I'd get hit by a car before I had a chance to repent, and there I would be damned for all eternity. 
But in other words, my relationship was transactional. It was what he could do for me, what he could save me from, not for who God is. And we can never forget the saving work of our Lord and, and the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what today is about. That's what the baptisms are about. That's what these testimonies are about. And those rules that I had were good rules for sound living. But without understanding grace and love and forgiveness, I was fighting a battle like it never went. I was trying to attain a level that I would never reach. Now, thankfully, in the future, and I won't give the whole story here, I found my way to a good church that told me about discipleship. It told me about relationship, told me about grace and forgiveness. And I began to understand what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And discipleship is what we spoke about on Friday night in youth group. And I feel like discipleship is kind of what Pastor Eric was talking about today. Like he said, you know, he didn't know how to be a husband. You got married and you kind of learn on the job. Well, you find the Lord, you, you get baptized, and you're still learning on the job. Discipleship is the work that you do to learn what it means to follow Christ. Discipleship is the engine that powers your relationship with Christ. If you want to be a missionary, you want to do God's work, discipleship is how you charge that battery. And so we had an acronym that we broke discipleship down into, if you want to hit that there. I know Pastor Lee loves acronyms, so I'm scoring points right there. Now this comes from a book called Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. So Bob talked about Purpose Driven Life. I'm getting some things from Purpose Driven Youth Ministry, so God bless you. Um, the habits are pretty easy. This is stuff that this church teaches and has been teaching for years, but these are things that I'm working with the youth. When we talk about vision and we talk about our dream for this year, these are the things that we want to do and we're going to try to do to grow closer to God. Okay? Now, it's pretty simple. I'm going to give you the letter, the explanation, and a quick verse that goes with it, and then I'll be done and we can go eat some barbecue. All right? The H stands for have a quiet time with God. To have a quiet time with God. Now, Pastor Lee talked a couple weeks ago about what is love or how do you spell love. And he said T-I-M-E, time. The time that we spend with the Lord is so important. And that's one thing I'm encouraging the youth. And I encourage you all to put that time, put God first, set aside some time to be with him. The A stands for accountability with another believer. We are not called to walk alone. In James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It doesn't get much more plain than that. If you don't have an accountability partner, if you don't have someone that you can run to and trust in times of temptation, in times of struggle, in times of weakness, you're doing it wrong. And you need to find one now. Not tomorrow, not next week, now. That's what small groups are for. That's what all the things we do with fellowship. And if you look at biblical examples, Paul had Silas. I used to go to a group, it's called the Samson Society. It's a Christian group that's kind of modeled after AA. So it's like your sponsor is your Silas. You need a Silas because you can't do it alone. The B stands for Bible memorization. We can't live it if we don't know it. We can't share it if we don't know it. Psalm 119.11, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what we're going to be teaching youth this year. That's what I want you to remember this year. The I is for involvement with the church body. You're doing pretty good so far. The Bible says, Hebrews 10:25, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of return is drawing near. This is where we go to recharge our batteries, to get plugged in. This is the, 
the barracks. This is the boot camp for training to go out and do God's work. This is the hospital when you get beat up and you need to be healed. This is the barracks where you rest at the end of the night because the world is kicking your butt and you just need to come here and lean on each other and trust each other and love each other and just celebrate. And he's here and he's doing it. So if you don't have that, if you're not here on a regular basis, come here. For whatever excuse you have, I'm not a morning person. I went to the gym this morning, so this microphone weighs like 15 pounds. (laughs) I'm still here. All right. T is for tithing commitment. I know tithing is kind of a weird thing. Some people get a little, he's asking for money. I'm not asking for your money. I'll tell you what the Lord says about money. He says, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. So I'm not going to come at you and tell you to put more money in the bag as it comes around, but keep in mind that the time you give, the money you give, the effort you give, is your giving to the Lord. That's part of these habits. And the last one, the S, is for study scripture. As a disciple or as a follower of Christ, we have to know what the Word says. And it's not just memorizing key scriptures. It's getting deeper into the Word and really coming to understand it. And the verse that goes with this is Joshua 1.8. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I don't know about you, but I want to prosper. I want to succeed. And he's telling us how. So these habits are the things that I want to impart into your students, my student, because my son is one of them. These are the things that we're going to be focusing on developing over the year. This is our vision for 2016. This is our plan and our, our schedule. So there are things that we do that we know that God is who he is and not for what he's done. Discipleship is how we abide in him and remain as a part of him. Now, I wrote this two nights ago, and I opened up the bulletin this morning, and it's that verse, John 15, abide in him. Pastor Eric talked about being a part of the vine just a couple weeks ago. This is how we as a church grow closer to him. This is how we are equipped to do his work. The word equip is kind of special for the youth ministry. We have five purposes. Those five purposes are glorify, reach, action, connection, and equip. Those are the five things that we are called to do, that we feel we're called to do in ministry. The church has the same exact thing. The church is, well, Pastor Lee called them the prime directives. Know, grow, serve, share, and worship. These are the things that we're doing. This is what we as a church are doing in 2016, and we love you for being here, and we want you to be a part of it. Not just for what we do, but for who we are. Not just for who God is, but or not what God can do or what he has done, but who he is and what he will continue to do in your life. If you take the time to develop these habits, if you take the time to put in the effort, put in the time, love your neighbor as yourself, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And so my goal is to help your students do just that. And that's it. Thank you. I'm going to fall on this eventually. Love you, buddy. Wow. I don't need to preach now. Isn't that great? Sweet, sweet, sweet. Hey, when we talk about what God desires to do in our life and how he wants to work in our life, today what we've been sharing about is something simple. It's called becoming a member or being a member. But I like another word better. I think Paul shares it in Philippians. First chapter puts it this way. He says, I thank my God every day for you. I remember you in all my prayers all the time. And I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day 
until now. So I don't like the term member because I think it has this kind of country club feel to it. I like the term partner. I want you to turn the person next to you and say, we're partners. Okay, got it? We're partners. And that's, that's what it means to be part of the body of Christ. We are partners, one with another, standing together to make a difference. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. But let me tell you something. It's very hard to shine on your own. But it's easy to shine when there's others around you. And that's the way life works. God doesn't want us to be alone. He wants us to be together. He wants us to recognize our partnership in the gospel. He wants to be involved in caring and loving for one another. And that's what all this partnership, membership thing is all about. It starts with baptism. It continues on on a regular basis as we share in communion. And every day it happens as we gather together and recognize Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. I thank God every time I pray for you because you're my partners in the gospel and the wonderful good news. And so we pray and we praise and we recognize the wonder and the power of God. I hope you've been encouraged today, that the Lord has encouraged you in your spirit. We're going to close this service now. I'm going to ask the band to come on. I think they have one final song for us. And that's going to close it out. And I want you to ask God simply to speak to you as we finish this up. And then those of you who are partners and members, in other words, you've made this commitment, then I want to encourage you, you need to stay here for a few minutes. We're going to do a couple things. One is we're going to introduce our three new elder candidates who you get to ask any questions you want, as long as they're short. Because I want to go across the street and have barbecue. All right? But you get to ask them simple questions, and then you get to affirm them as leaders that you're willing to follow. And then we're also going to look at our budget real quickly. We're going to vote on our budget for next year. This year I'll make a quick, succinct statement on our budget. We are, again, we're in the black. This church is always in in the black, and that's a good thing, in case you're wondering. Okay, the Lord has taken care of us, fulfilled all of our needs, all of our expenses. We're paid out of the monies that were brought in. The Lord continues to bless us in a variety of ways, so we're encouraged in that way. We're going to hand out these... uh, Sheets of paper and, and the uh, ballots to all those people who are members. If you're not a member, you can stay in here and listen to us, and it'll be great. It'll be a good time. Or you can say, I get to go barbecue first. <laughs> because Eric is going across the way with my wife and a few others who already checked the ballot real quickly. They check, check, yep, I'm in. And they ran, they're going across the way to enjoy a wonderful time of, of food and fellowship together. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chance we've had to remind ourselves that we are partners together and with you. Thank you for calling me your son, for calling us your children. We ask you to continue to remind us of what that means and how we can respond to you living in a manner that reflects your light in our life. Work your will, Lord. Let your blessing fall on us so that we might bless others as well. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand for this last song.